Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting with your host, Laura McMahon. Laura will help you regain your sanity by addressing the three most important areas of co-parenting, communications, scheduling, and finances. In addition, Laura brings her practical stepmom life experience each week and invites experts from the divorce and co-parenting professional ecosystem to share insights and answer listener questions. So please, welcome the host of Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting, Laura McMahon. Welcome. This is Sanity in Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. I am Laura McMahon, and this evening I have the great pleasure of speaking with Mary T. Kelly. Mary is a marriage and family psychotherapist and writer who has been specializing in working with stepmoms, step couples, and step families for over 18 years. She has a private practice in Boulder, Colorado, and also works with clients through video conferencing domestically and internationally. Additionally, Mary runs support groups both face to face in Boulder and online. She is a contributing writer for Huffington Post and Stepmom Magazine. Thanks for coming on, Mary. How are you doing this evening? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well, thanks. Awesome, awesome. So <laughs> we had um, a couple of reschedules to get to this point, so I'm really right. looking forward to finally yeah. having this conversation with you tonight. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Okay, so um, this is obviously a topic that is uh, close to my heart as a stepmom of mm-hmm. four. Um, and when you and I have spoken on the phone, I just so felt like you were speaking my language and talking about all of the <laughs> things that I had experienced and been through. Um, and so a couple of the things that I wanted um, to talk about tonight were, first of all, the stigma of being a stepmom, but then really kind of focusing on the relationship um, and sometimes lack thereof of stepmoms to the 
biological mom, sometimes called bio mom. I don't know if you have a specific terminology that you use um, in your I'm groups. kind of old school. I just say mother. Okay, perfect. Probably Makes because I'm a sense. mother of four kids. And if someone called me a bio mom, I'd be like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I think I've lived in so many uh, stepmom only forums that <laughs> it just can sometimes get confusing. <laughs> and so like all of that jargon really seeps into your brain. Right, but yeah. um, Right. So, um, so first of all, I've I've taught, I know I've spoken about this before uh, when I actually was interviewed myself on this show f- um, a few weeks ago. But um, talking about the the stigma of being a stepmom and kind of that that attitude that some people have, um, where if a stepmom is like, "Ugh, the kids are home for summer break and I'm losing my mind," then obviously that means that they're a horrible human being and they, how dare they complain about this? Whereas if a mother said something like that, it would be like, Oh yeah, I know girl, go grab another glass of wine. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just the name itself, stepmom, um, really conjures up for a lot of people and especially people who aren't in that situation. Um, this concept of evil and a lot of people blame Disney for this, but this started way back in grim fairy tales. Um, And so my guess is if I was to go up to 10 people on the street and say quickly, what's the first word you think of when I say stepmom, I think 10 out of 10 people are going to say evil um, unless one of them is a stepmom and then she'd say something else. Um, I don't think this is true for stepfathers. So there seems to be a lot more pressure and expectation on women who um, happen to fall in love with somebody else who has children um, that they are expected to be almost uh, perfect. And so it goes back to anybody listening to the show who's in this role, if they complain about the difficulty of it, they're likely to have heard this platitude of, um, you knew it was a package deal and you knew they had kids when you married them. Right. You knew, which you knew is, what you were getting into. Yeah. And, and just to give an example, I mean, I worked with a client who um, had a great relationship with her fiance's daughter before they got married. And the day they got married, um, this girl flipped and probably surprised herself that she flipped, but she probably realized the reality of, oh, she's going to be living with him all the time and I'm going to be the one that's coming back and forth. And, you know, am I losing my place with my father? And this woman had endured eight years of this girl hating her. And so, you know, women really have to sort out who's the safe person to talk to. Because when people flippantly, and people like to give platitudes in lots of different situations, so it's nothing new. But, um... I would love to encourage women to use it as an opportunity to educate people a little bit. Um, Not that they care because um, unfortunately I don't think a lot of people care about stepmoms. I think they're often treated as second class citizens. People assume the worst about them. And, And I hear these comments just like in general, 
just being out and about like, oh, yeah, he married this woman. You know, she's evil. She's the stepmother. It's like, oh, my God, how do you ever help change the perception of the culture? And the only way to do that is for women to not swallow that stuff, but to start trying to educate people. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that there's the very contradictory thought process that sometimes happens in the same breath, which is you should treat the children as if they're your own, but you shouldn't be overstepping. And <laughs> that's a totally impossible situation to be in. Well, I think um, people should just kind of laugh at them. I, I think, you know, a lot of women get offended or they just shut down. And, and I almost think if you could just go, wow, did you just hear what you just said? And what does that even mean? Number one, I don't have children, so I wouldn't know how to treat them like they were my own. Secondly, if they were my own, I'd probably have this very primal, unconditional love that most biological parents have for their children so we don't kill them. (laughs) And, you know, and then third, um, what am what am I stepping over? I mean, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. This the term itself implies that women are supposed to mother, which is unfortunate because they're not the mothers. They married someone who has kids, and um, and so they just they're trying to figure out: Do I mother? Do I not mother? What am I supposed to do here? I I actually love that advice. I think that just laughing <laughs> at, at some of the the more ridiculous statements is probably a really great way to go with it because it's not the reaction that anyone's going to be expecting but it's also just like the best way to not take it to heart and seriously yourself <laughs> um yeah all right, so. that's, hard, that's hard to do right yeah for sure it takes I think it's one of those mm-hmm. things that really takes practice uh, um, and, and uh, the right mindset and practicing getting into that mindset. Um, okay, so we have to go and take uh, our, our first quick break here. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about that r- sometimes rocky relationship between stepmoms and moms. So we'll be back in just a couple minutes. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy sense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation if you seek a courageous advocate prepared to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations carol ann hamilton is the one for you Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents. 
As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. We're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Ken Crew. And this evening, Mary T. Kelly and I are talking about stepmoms and stepmomming and all the weird kind of crazy crap that goes along with it as as far as the relationships are concerned. So talking Mm -hmm. about probably the most uh, controversial relationship of the stepmom figure is with the mother of the children. Right. And I, I think I want to say that I think things might be starting to change a little bit that there's there it seems like there's a little bit of a movement where people are really starting to understand that um you don't have to hate each other just because of your family titles quote unquote um but it's still just something that is so difficult to maneuver around yeah yeah i mean i, I I'm not really seeing that kind of movement in my practice. Um, I'd have to say it's probably one of the most vicious kind of ways that I've heard women talk about each other. Um, And just to give an example, I started a meetup group in the Boulder, Denver area about eight or nine years ago. And my goal was to support the relationships because there's really high divorce rate and remarriage with kids, 64 to 72%. And I have now over 550 members, which is pretty significant given that the large majority of them live in this area and they're looking for support. And so when I was doing the groups in person, which um, fortunately I've been able to start doing again, women would come and I would, and I'd say, oh, what's, and I purposely ask, what is your partner's relationship with his ex? Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time they'll say, she's crazy. She's crazy. She's horrible. She's a narcissist. She's borderline. I'm like, wow, that's just like a lot of crazy exes. And, <laughs> um, and, and, it's just, and, and then in the group, very much focus on the X. Um, and, you know, it's, I keep trying to get people to, how about you focus on making the X really, really small? Um, I, I don't think there needs to be any kind of relationship other than polite and cordial if you're in one another's company at a kid's event. Um, I you know, there are some women that are able to get along and that's great, but it's not really necessary. Um, But because women are just, and they will tell me, I am obsessed with her. I think about her all the time. I get on her Facebook page. Couples will spend hours and hours talking about the ex and 
kind of, I'm kind of like, why didn't you ever just move back, move to your house? Like, <laughs> why are you, this is a divorce. This is where people move on and hopefully, hopefully have some separate private lives and there are children involved. And so uh, women's partners hopefully can communicate in civil ways um, about their children. But beyond that, um, you know, women are, are partnered with men, not because they have exes and not because they have children. They're with them despite the fact that they have an ex and despite the fact that they have some children. You know, I, I don't know many people or anybody who sits around and goes, I just hope when I grow up, I meet a guy that's already been married and has an ex and some kids. <laughs> yes. That would be my dream. I, I definitely speak from experience. That was not <laughs> my dream as a, a small yeah. child. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I really work. And then I found, wow, they don't really want to talk about their relationships. So let's talk about how you don't have to be so obsessed. And um, my guess is, if I started a meetup group for ex-wives who had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I have allergies, who have an ex-husband who's repartnered, they'd probably say that woman was crazy. And I, right. you know, I just thought, what, what is this? What, what is this? There's like, is, is this some kind of primal competition? Um, you know, and I'm not an anthropologist, but it just makes me wonder, you know, the brain hasn't changed a whole lot. And, you know, women used to have to depend on men for their very survival way, 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 way back in the day. Um, and, I don't want to get into some gender argument. I'm sure men depended on them too, but you know, they had to compete with other women. And I don't know if that's part of it. I, I would like women to evolve past that. And um, not that they need to be like buddy, buddy with the ex, but just try to um, keep the talking about her to a minimum because people waste a lot of time. And, and really examine themselves on what is this? And why do I have to make this person so bad and so wrong? Because I also see a lot of women saying she's not a great mother and I'm going to be the better mother. And they're forgetting the fact that yeah. children have loyalty binds to their parents. Right. Um, and in fact, the, the more unhealthy your parent is, the greater the loyalty bind is. So... Um, you know, anyone listening to this who struggles with ruminating about the eggs, I, I think it's it's primal. I think it's normal and natural. And I think you can evolve past it because it causes a lot of suffering. Yeah. You know, I mentioned that I'm in a few online groups and it's interesting. It's a lot of like, this is how I've decided that I'm going to cope with this. But there's not a lot of conversation around okay, it's me. <laughs> I'm the one, I'm yeah. the one who's totally obsessing over it. I'm the one that's, uh, that's focusing way too much on this and I just need to step back. So there, there are situations where stepmoms do overstep for real. And that's kind and that's kind of what mm -hmm. you've hinted at here, which is like, I'm going to be a better mom than the mom. And that just sets you up for a whole bunch of failure because you're, you're never going to be the mom, right? Well, it's coming from an ego place, right? So 
anytime we're operating in an ego place, that's when we get into fights. That's when we get petty. And it's just, it's not going to be productive. And, and it's also not kind to oneself. It, it doesn't feel good when you're doing that. Um, so it's, it's trying to bring a lot of kindness and compassion, not only to the ex and to the kids, but to yourself as well. You know, what is driving you to have this behavior? Right, right. Um, unfortunately, we have to jump to our next break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about some some more of the big stepmom issues and questions and stigmas and all the rest of it. So hang in there. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current current concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live to Dare to Soar, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network. Network and tune in radio as Dr. RC will provide thought provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. We're back with Sanity and Co parenting this evening. I am speaking with Mary T. Kelly. Um, and Mary, right before we went to the break you mentioned about how a lot of the women who come to you in these groups are really kind of obsessing about about the ex, about the mom, and um, obviously they're they are coming to you for help. So mm -hmm. that would um, that would mean that they that's not something that they want to be doing. That they must know that on some level it's not healthy for them and their relationships. So what is the advice? that you give them when they say, this is just something I've got going on. It's in my head and I can't move past it. Yeah. Well, I just normalize it for them because uh, women are pretty much hardwired to ruminate, which sucks. So it's really <laughs> learning to discipline your thoughts and to realize when you're going down a rabbit hole. So it involves discipline and it's hard for women to imagine that they'll ever be free of this, but if they're willing to do a practice, where they're doing discipline and they're stopping themselves as they start to go down the rabbit hole, say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not. 
And they make agreements with their partner that they don't spend time talking about the ex. And they practice that. They start to feel this lightness. So it's kind of like a workout. Just like anything else, if you are looking for something to improve, it takes a little bit of practice and uh, mindfulness and forethought, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... You know, that that statement, like the mom is totally crazy. And then, you know, you making the assumption that if you were talking to the mom, they'd be like, oh, my God, this woman who's a stepmom's like totally crazy. I, I think that there's just something about this situation that brings out the worst in people um, purely based on assumptions. Um, but also there's the piece of like, there is childcare involved in, in these situations and, and deciding where the, the line is and what the authority is. And uh, especially because we're in summertime right now when kids are home the most and uh, it often falls to stepmoms to be the caretaker. Um, but I know from, from, uh, from speaking to so many different people that that is a really difficult place to be in because sometimes you don't, you're not given the parent title authority, but you're still the caretaker. And that can sometimes feel like a glorified babysitting situation. Um, but that's something that's really difficult for a lot of stepmoms to deal with. And I wonder if that's something that comes up in the groups that, that you're speaking with. Yeah, and it comes up in the couple's work. Um, it, it, there's this odd thing. I wrote an article recently called um, Unintended Domesticity. <clears throat> and women that are don't have kids and are career-oriented, they partner with someone with kids, and all of a sudden they're cooking and they're cleaning and they're doing all this stuff. So the first thing I would say is this needs to be between the couple. And what I tell fathers is, you have an obligation and responsibility to the caretaking of your children and your partner has choice. These aren't her kids. And so those two have to negotiate it. Summertime is super hard. It's, it's not a pleasant time. But I think it stems from not working that out with one's partner. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of fathers just expect, well, you're married to me and you're a stepmom, so you've got to do it. And that can, I think that's what leads to that high divorce rate, these expectations that are just assumed. Right. I mean, it's, I think that we've kind of touched on this topic in coming at it from a different angle um, on another show where we talked about divorce guilt, um, where, you know, if you, if you do give that stepmom or even in this case, stepfather figure, authority but then you don't you want to be the fun parent you want them to have fun while they're with you (laughs) and that and that authority then gets stripped away later it's really setting everyone up for failure but that has you know even though it may encourage some poor behavior and some manipulative behavior on the kids who are just learning how to have the best time in their situation it really comes back down to uh the relationship and being on the same page with each other before yeah and, then and, sticking and that can to take it. a bit of negotiation because men tend to have a little bit more of a fantasy and I I think a lot of them do have underlying guilt and shame that they weren't able to provide a home where their kids lived with the mommy and daddy 
And so divorced men tend to be more permissive post-divorce. And so, and then, you know, they're asking their partner to watch the kids. And of course, anybody who's watching the kids should have a voice, right? Right. It doesn't mean they're parenting. It just means that they have to have a voice in the house. And they have to feel like they have some choice around it. And, you know, I think men, and, and most of them will admit this to me, they kind of have this little hope that, you know, they've met this great person and she's going to sprinkle her fairy dust and be like Mary Poppins, Mother Teresa, and fix up a mess, fix this big mess that she had nothing to do with making. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I want everybody to remember that for the first half of Mary Poppins, like pretty much everybody couldn't stand her. <laughs> It's just because it got really fun in the end that everyone was like, oh, this is great. Well, yeah, that's why it was a Disney movie. Everyone loved her at the end. You know, I worked with a series of adult stepkids lately who just said, hey, I never liked my stepmom. Never, ever liked her. Never will. And it's been 20 years. So, you know, that could happen. And people tend, oh, they're going to love you someday. You're going to love them someday. And it's kind of like maybe they will. Maybe they won't, you know. What is there to learn in the process? There's plenty to learn in this process because it's a challenging situation. That's how we grow, unfortunately, you know. Right. To, okay, so I, I, <laughs> I know we're going to be pushing up against the next uh, uh, break we have to go to here in a minute, maybe. Um, but I do want to dig into that a little bit deeper, which is the, mm-hmm. you know, the feedback from the stepkids. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> we hear from the stepmoms a lot, but you don't actually hear from the stepkids and their perspectives on kind of a, in an in general way, what works, what mm-hmm. doesn't work. So we, uh, we do need to go to a break, but when we come back, I, definitely want to dig into that because I think it's a perspective that we don't hear very often. So hang in there. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. If you're a person caring for someone living with dementia, then this program is for you. It's designed for families and friends coping with the challenges of caregiving. The foundation of care, Susan Kohler believes, is communication. Innovative Dementia Care with Susan Kohler provides strategies to keep the lines of communication open between you and your loved one, increase quality interactions, decrease the burden of daily care for you, the caregiver. Join Susan, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network. Susan and her guests will share techniques so you can facilitate your loved one's ability to safely follow your instructions, participate in daily activities, and express daily wants and desires. To learn positive solutions, creative ideas, and practical strategies that will build a healthy foundation of care. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folkstyle Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. 
Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBM Global Network. We are back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. I'm Laura McMahon, and this evening, Mary T. Kelly has come on the show to talk about stepmom stigma and relationships with moms. And now I want to dig into stepkids. Um, because something that you said earlier, I, I totally, totally relate to, which is a stepmom is usually just someone who happened to fall in love with somebody mm-hmm. who was divorced and had children with somebody mm-hmm. else. And that and that is just kind of like a not something you were going out and looking for, but just something that pretty much happened to you and you're, you're figuring it out as you go. So, so many lessons to learn. I've, um, my husband and I will have been together for almost nine years now. It'll be nine years this fall. And there are so many things that I wish I could go back and tell myself. Yeah eight years ago. Um, but but, uh, you know, you mentioned you talking to stepkids. So I'm curious what, if any, you've noticed some of the feedback that kind of stays the same or is trending. Well, I think what would be good for everybody to remember, um, and it's hard because when couples are in love, they got all these pheromones going on and they're like, Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. And, it gets foisted upon the kids and these children, most of them are children or, you know, adolescents. They, they don't have power. It's one of the things about being a child. And so they didn't have any say in their parents getting divorced. They don't have any say in when their parent repartners and who they repartner with. And then often um, this gets foisted on them like, Oh, here's your bonus mom or here's your stepmother. And, you're going to love each other, and there's all these pressure and expectations. And add on to that, kids are going back and forth between two homes, and often they're quite different homes. And children right. have natural loyalty binds to their parents. And so I, I just remember this one 12-year-old coming in to see me. His mom had him come see me because he was hap- unhappy, and he said, nobody asked me. And he knew that he did he didn't need to give his permission, but he was just talking about the powerlessness and how um, his father had died. And he was very loyal to his father and the stepfather was trying to act like his father. And I think people need to tread very lightly with kids with this um, and, and figure out how do they see the step parents. That's, that's such a hard situation because I'm sure that, in that situation, the stepdad is really feeling like he almost has an obligation to do the right thing and step in there when maybe yeah. just treading lightly and being gentle was really what the kid needed more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, he was a really loving guy. He was well-intentioned, but they just weren't thinking. And, and I don't think 
people, kids are the ones, they're going back and forth and back and forth and making these transitions. And the transitions are always transitions. Yeah. And so and that just while, sucks. <laughs> like, can we just yeah. say what it is? Like having to do that, living out of a, a duffel bag and I can't imagine um, forgetting stuff and then having your parents get annoyed at you when you've forgotten stuff every right. single week right. or even more frequently or than that. Like tell your father this, tell your mother this, which is super right. inappropriate. Um, and yeah. also trying to figure out what is, you know, what is my place? Like it's one thing if, if dad's alone for a while and you spend 50% of the time with dad, well, all of a sudden there's a woman there. And especially if you're a daughter, it's like there, there's a lot of competitions between daughters and stepmoms and daughters just trying to figure out like he lives with her all the time. And where's my place in his heart? And how, what does that look like? And, uh, you know, stepkids complain that they don't get enough alone time with just their parent because people are like pushing like, oh, we're the new family now as if it's a biological family, which it isn't. And so to really, there's pain for everybody. This sounds terrible, but remarriages are born out of loss and out of the death of another marriage. And we would be better served to recognize the losses inherent in step families. And there are losses for children and there are losses for stepmoms. There's lots of losses for them, especially if they have a child. They know that it's not their partner's first. And and for the father. And so, again, just trying to bring some empathy to all the members instead of taking things really personally. And um, stepmoms will take it pretty personally if they feel rejected by the stepkid who just naturally prefers their parent. Right. So, I mean, in, in this situation, probably the best advice, but also the hardest to follow (laughs) is try to keep in mind that there's a unique perspective from every single person involved in this in this family situation and try to be sensitive to it and really just don't force anything right I mean that yeah it's just so complicated I think it gets forced a lot I mean I would love step parents to sit down with the kid the first week and say, Hey, I know I'm called your stepmom. This is a step family. I want to tell you right now, you didn't have a choice in your parents' divorce. You didn't have a choice in your dad bringing me in. You don't have to like me, love me, or accept me as part of your family ever. You didn't have a choice in any of this. But what I'm asking of us when we're together is that we treat each other with kindness and respect. And that's it. You're off the hook. And if you give a kid that kind of space, then they don't have to resist it and they don't have to feel disloyal. And then they can step into the relationship rather than having all this pressure. Because fathers will go, hug your stepmother, hug her, do this, do that. And it's just, it's not a good idea. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember that there in the, in the beginning of our relationship, when I moved in, one of the really big stressors for the um, for the boys were, what are we supposed to call you? Yeah. And I remember that being something that they got really stressed out about. And, and when they finally actually asked me, <laughs> I just said, 
Laura. <laughs> you just yeah. call me by just call me by my name. That's my name. And and they were like, yeah. oh, it can, oh, it can be that simple. And I was like, yes, yeah, it's not complicated. You just just call me by my name. But that was something that they were really stressed out about. And and so probably having that conversation up front, the way that yeah. you just said it, would have been the perfect way of eliminating a whole bunch of that those fears that in retrospect wouldn't have been a thing right yeah yeah okay all right well we we have to go to another break but when we come back uh we'll be talking about uh adding that new baby to the family and uh the, the new level of emotion that that can bring to absolutely everybody involved so hang in there we'll be back in just a couple minutes Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse. Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, Hope, and Support for Caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. All right, we are back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew, and I am about to pick Mary's brain on something that's, um, well, it's a little bit personal, actually, these days, because I'm two days away from being nine months pregnant, and uh, with four <laughs> stepkids. I forgot you were two days away. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so with four stepkids who have four very drastically different personalities, um, you know, adding that quote unquote hours baby into the mix is something that can be super complicated, uh, for at the best of times. And then you add in, uh, all the other stress and tension and it, it can actually end up being something that's not as joyous as you may have hoped originally. Yeah. Yeah. So any, I mean, any, I'm sure that it's 
very specific for family situations, but in general, any advice around telling kids that you're expecting an hours baby and a new step sibling, anything that's helpful in that realm? You know, I just think with kids, less is more. I mean, kind of like, hey, guess what? We're having a baby. You're going to have a, you're going to have a, you can call it half sibling or sibling. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just think you don't make a big deal. You don't say, we need to have a talk. We need to, how, you know, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it's just more like less is more. We're, it's simple. We're excited. And then you understand it just depends on the ages of the kids. Um, if kids are older, you know, you said you have a 16-year-old, I'd probably yeah. be sure to say, hey, if, if you ever want to, like, hang with the baby, that'd be awesome. But you also need to be doing your 16-year-old life. Yes. You know, and, and just get a feel for the kid. There's going to be kids. And this happens, you know, I'm one of seven in a big family. And okay. so I had a sister that was a teenager when my youngest brother was born. And she was like, whatever, I'm going off to cheerleading and doing that stuff. Um <laughs> and was never really close. And, and that's fine. I think it's really not, again, forcing kids to do something or to be involved. I also want to say, you know, we haven't really talked about this outsider syndrome or feeling, mm-hmm. but when you're part of a biological family and you're the biological outsider, it's a very palpable, real feeling. And it's it's a real feeling because there's a truth there. There's a primal truth there. Right. And so what can happen with women who end up having a child is really heals a lot of that uncomfortable feeling. And, and for many women, 50% of the time, they actually have their own little nuclear family, which is then the other 50% is joined by the other kids into the step family. And so it can help a lot. Um, if that's something that that a woman wants to have. Uh, one thing that I don't agree with is when um, there are women that go, this is so hard, it's such a mess, I really, really want a kid, but I just don't want to do that to his kids. And I, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. If you want to have a child, you should have a child. I, mm-hmm. Kids, people need to learn to be flexible in life. And what what better way to illustrate there's been a very unwelcome pandemic that came into everybody, everybody on the planet, pretty much for the first time, very unwelcome presence. And then the invitation was, what are you going to do with this? Are you going to have it ruin your life? Or are you going to learn some really cool things in this difficult time? And so that's how, you know, I would be framing it is if a kid gets upset, so let's say, you know, one of the kids, they're the baby of the family, then you have a baby. You have two uh, babies in the family, right? So you you don't want to forget about a kid's birth order. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. Yep. It does. And that's also if you bring your own children in, you know, sometimes you bring in kids where one kid was five, the other one's three, and the five-year-old's like, but wait a minute, I'm used to being this, and so people need to be sensitive to that. But I, I don't think they need to tiptoe around it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of the big issues that 
you almost get yourself into are more uh, your mindset problems than anything else. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I'm fully aware that there are there are truly people who are dealing with um, mental health problems that can just blow right. up family situations, and that 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 is real. Yeah. I'm not. I'm I'm certainly not downplaying any of that. Right. Um, but for most of it, <laughs> just kind of the the regular everyday relationship stuff can almost be solved with checking in with yourself, checking in with your partner and, mm-hmm. and checking in with the kids and then, and then deciding to have a, a, a shift of mindset. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd be like, Hey, people have been having babies forever. This is not like some new revolutionary thing here. <laughs> you know, and I, I worked yeah, with one 16 yeah. year old girl. She came to see me and she was like, she was so pissed. She's like, my father and stepmother did not ask how I felt about them thinking about getting pregnant. I was like, why did you ever think that they should ask you that? And then the ironic thing was she ended up with her mother and stepmother pregnant at the same time, which I thought was, I'm sorry. I see a lot of humor in these situations. I, I thought you probably like, have girl, to. I, there's like <laughs> life is in your face telling you something you might want to get curious about what that is <laughs> pay attention to pay attention to what's happening right in front of you yeah yeah but I, you know I, I, know I, I came I'm one of seven um, I had four kids I mean you just you know you learn very early on you're not the center of the universe yeah well I mean that that you know, talking about ours baby and everything else, but I know that there's been a lot of times where um, dads have gone and asked, almost like asked the kids permission to yes. propose to the, to the new partner. <laughs> and that's like, Oh my God, you did what? Cause that was pretty risky because <laughs> what was your plan if they were like, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Oh man. Okay. All right. So, um, we've, we've really kind of bounced around on a lot of topics here, but I think that, I think that we have a a good overall theme about that mindset shift. Mm -hmm. Um, it keeps coming back to that. Um, we do need to go to our last break. Um, but when we come back, I'll be telling you where you can find Mary and uh, where you can look at some of the uh, contributor articles that she's written online. So we'll be back in just a couple minutes. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. An international initiative called Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. 
Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it. We are back uh, this evening speaking with Mary T. Kelly on sanity and co-parenting. And um, Mary is a family psychotherapist who focuses on working with stepmoms and stepcouples and stepfamilies. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed every single time we've had a conversation about pretty much anything. (laughs) So I was (laughs) really excited to get you on the show. So where can people find you if they if they want to hear more, if they want to read articles that you have um, that you've written, where where do people go to find you? Um, yeah, so my website is realstepfamilies.com. Um, my Instagram is at realstepmoms. Um, I, I tend to work primarily with women who are living with, dating, or partnered with another who have children, and then typically their partners will come in. So um, I get to work with people locally in Boulder and um, mainly through Zoom at this point, um, before that I was doing Skype because I've been doing this for years all over the world really because step families don't have a lot of resources and there's a lot of myth out there. And so um, as, as direct as I sound, um, I have a huge heart for women in this situation and so much compassion um, because of, there's much more expectation put on them than anybody else in the family system and the guilt that they feel. So I've written a lot about this. I write for an online subscribe magazine called Stepmom Magazine. Yep. And um, and I've written articles on Huffington Post. So you would just put Mary T. Kelly, um, Huffington Post, and those blogs would pop up. Um yeah, and, and we'll certainly have links to everything on our website as well. Um, yeah, which is yeah. Just um, that's quick. Our our spell our spelling is k i n c r e w dot i o. And uh, when you go get to our site, you'll see a tab right at the top for the radio show, and then Mary will have her own page um, for this episode, and that's where we'll have the links to find a lot of this as well. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for your time and coming on. And I think that uh, it makes sense to just kind of do a quick recap because we talked about so many different things. And the first one is, yeah. if you are not familiar with being a stepmother, um, 
like take a step back <laughs> and don't be so quick to judge because it is a uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't situation yeah. and uh, and a really tough one. And most of us are just really genuinely trying to do their best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then if you are a stepmom who has struggled with this, remember first check in with yourself, check in with then check in with your partner, then check in with the kids and and try to find the happy medium in all of that. Well, and, and don't lose yourself in the process. Um, yeah. Stepmoms have higher rates of depression than biological mothers. And by the way, biological mothers get depressed and overwhelmed too, but um, stepmoms uh, don't have as many resources and they're quite, um, they're quite judged. Um, it's odd because one out of four people in this country are part of a step family, but you don't really see that in TV shows. Um, or in movies, no. it's always usually a first family, um, which is odd. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned it earlier, but just the word stepmom <laughs> tends to have a negative connotation. So I think that actually the last birthday card I got from my youngest stepson, he called me uh, a step mobster instead of, because we joke sometimes <laughs> about step monster and That's I'm cute. totally rolling with it. Like step mobster, yeah. I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds, all day long. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mary, good, thank good you so much. Um, I, I, as usual, can't believe how quickly the hour passed and I really appreciate you coming on this evening yeah, and I, I will certainly be staying in touch with you uh, for so many reasons. <laughs> well, that sounds great and good luck with your baby. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great okay. night. We will be back next Monday night. Thanks for listening. This has been Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting with host Laura McMahon. Listen each week as Laura helps you eliminate potential conflicts by giving you the tools and knowledge to reduce stress and focus on what's best for you and your child's well-being. So tune in each week and become a better co-parent with Laura McMahon's Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting. to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.